Welcome everyone to episode five of the Erskine Arts Podcast. Um, if you haven't checked out the other four, please do. They're up on this wherever you are. If you're on YouTube, remember to check them out, add them to your playlist, like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell icon to be notified when we upload. And if you're on Spotify or anywhere else podcasts can be found, please follow us or subscribe or whatever the, the medium is. Uh, got another guest down tonight. Hello. <laughs> We've got Nelly Kelly. So before I do a wee introduction, just as you know, I'm, I'm Jason. I'm Luce. I'm Erica. Erica, when you speak, get right about it. I'm Erica. Lovely. ASMR voice. Skis, skis, skis. So in July 2009, a Bible was put on display in the Gallery of Modern Art alongside the notice. If you feel you've been excluded from the Bible, please write your way back into it. The exhibit, untitled... 2009 was intended to be a reclamation of the Bible as a sacred text. It received a lot of backlash and was condemned as sacrilegious by churches across Scotland and actually globally. Ten years on and the words collected and its margins have been spoken aloud on stage by a collective of LGBTQ performers and the writer for said production is here with us today. Welcome Nelly. Hi. (laughs) Thanks very much for coming in and very last minute chatting to us and letting us know about your process and stuff like that. Thanks really appreciate for having it. Me. Not at all. So before I dive into chatting a bit about Untitled and other productions you've been in, I'd really know where it all started for you and what kind of if there was a particular moment where you're like, this is what I want to do and how is it someone gets involved in theatre and playwriting in the first place? Because it's it's something I literally know nothing about. Uh Probably all started back in secondary school because it just wasn't the biggest fan of a lot of classes, but I loved drama and I thought my drama teacher was really cool and everybody thought it was really cool. Um, So, yeah, I just loved doing that and I kept going for it. And then when it came time to leave, I applied for uni, but I applied for theatre courses because I like drama and then just went from there. I realised I didn't want to be an actor because I was quite shy mm-hmm. when I was acting. Uh, so I just hated it. So then I ended up writing and that, that was it. So what was your first kind of, what what was the first thing that you, you wrote in full that you were kind of really proud of? Do you remember? Um, I mean, probably I wrote a couple of poems when I was in secondary school and I remember being really proud that I'd actually written something mm-hmm. start to finish even if it's like a page long mm-hmm. and then I specialised in playwriting on my degree and I wrote a full length play for that and uh, I thought I was going to die before I finished it <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of wrote it all last minute in about a week and then when I finished that one that felt really good What was the first, uh, the first thing you wrote that became a full production? Um, this not this. This will be the first sort oh, of full full length. Um, I mean, I've had kind of things that have been full length, mm-hmm. but not to full production. Yep. So not even this really, because this this was only at rehearsed reading stage, but hopefully it'll be kind of taken to. Definitely, it's, it's it's some project to have is like your first full kind of length thing. Yeah. Um. So on on the subject of uh, Untitled 2009, uh, did you have any hesitations when it came to writing it? Obviously it was something that was, you know, 
globally kind of controversial. People really regard it as being really controversial. So did you have any hesitation when it came to taking on something like that and how people might view you? Or um, I was worried about it, but for weird reasons. Go on. Because, so I, I, like, it's all to do with religion. And I'm not religious yeah. at all. Um, but I had to sort of work with a lot of people who were religious and were right. LGBT plus. Um, and it felt really scary in case I would offend them. Yeah, it's, and it's that's sometimes something you presume that doesn't doesn't go hand in hand as well. No. A lot of the time, you kind of presume a lot of the time if someone's LGBT, uh, they're they're probably not religious. So that that's that's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. See the opposite kind of way. Um, kind of leading on from that, were you? hesitant that your own personal views might come out when you're writing it and trying to be unbiased and working with people that you might not have worked with before um I think I should have been worried about it because <laughs> I was like oh it's fine like I don't really have a lot of feelings about it and then when I started working with more I was like you know what actually I'm quite angry at religion and I sort of stamped about my flat in a really bad mood <laughs> My partners tell me to go over myself. <laughs> um, so I didn't. I wasn't really worried about it until I got into it. And I was like, oh, it's just something that I sort of shut away and never thought about. Um, so so as, as the conversations with LGBT people who are religious, has it kind of opened your mind a bit more? Maybe not to religion itself, but understanding it a bit more and people's views? Yeah, obviously... In, not everyone's extreme religion or, you know, not religious, some in-betweens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was quite ignorant in a sense when I started it because um, I kind of just had it in my head, how could you be uh, LGBT plus totally. and a person of faith? Like, it didn't make a huge amount of sense to me. So I was kind of meeting a lot of people because I thought I really had to understand it. Um, and one of the people, the person who had curated the exhibition that the Bible was part of had mm -hmm. said, and he isn't religious, but he'd said what he learned from doing that 10 years ago was that faith, like gender and sexuality, aren't a choice. Like you either have faith or you don't have faith. You can't choose to believe in God. You can just choose what you do with it. That's really interesting. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah, so I, I felt like the penny sort of dropped there and I was like, all right, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, well. No, I've, not, I've never ever thought of it like that. That's really interesting. Um, what was your writing process when it came to obviously you know from a book with you know scribbles you know how did you kind of go through the process of trying to make it a manner that was engaging and kind of flowed as a, a full production it, it doesn't sound easy it <laughs> took a lot of work uh, I started I took all the comments and I typed them up so I went through the whole bible and all the comments book beside it and it was about 500 odd pages of just wow comments that Gosh. people had written uh, so I started with that and then I sort of separated it all into threads that were kind of related like if people were talking about Jesus I'd put that or like all the negative comments I'd put them or silly comments funny comments and I sort of split them all that way and then tried to form a story there from a few it. funny drawings as well oh, there's a lot of funny drawings <laughs> and a lot of funny uh, phrases <laughs> views used to be kind of bringing these into the, the conversation here um have you any experience on like thoughts of religion? Like, is it taught at school? You know, I'm not too old, but still outdated enough <laughs> to not know what 
what's taught in our MPS at school right now and like I feel in primary school it was a lot it was all like oh let's go to church at Easter and let's go and pray and sing hymns and things I didn't go to like a religious school but I know my friend's school um, they sing used to sing hymns sorry and like do all this religious stuff and I never thought that was right because it, it wasn't a religious school and if you wanted to do that then you sh should have went to a religious school if you know what I mean mm. but like I remember in primary school it was always forced about like this they never talked about atheism or anything or just not believing in that or having any other beliefs than like Christian or like Muslim like the main ones and I always thought that was kind of like weird but in high school we kind of reach out to that sort of stuff but not as much as I think I'd want to Um. Well, from first year into second year in high school, I found, well, I still do find it re really interesting, but there was a lot more about different beliefs. And now in third year, all that really happens in our, in our MPS is people throwing chairs around, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's quite mental, my class. Yeah, it's, quite, it's usually seen as quite a, a sky of a class, isn't it's it? It's interesting, though. I never really thought I'd be into it, but, like, over the years, I've found it really interesting learning about what other people believe in. Is atheism taught? Um, it is like some, like in first year, I was like really hard, like be like, I don't want to learn about Christianity and stuff like that. It's like when can we learn like about the Big Bang and stuff and how what other people believe in? It's a TV show. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> number one hit comedy. Like, um, no, but <laughs> like I, I just wanted to learn about that stuff because I guess that was what I believed in, and I thought it was it was kind of not right way I was thinking about it I was like well this is what I believe so I think we should kind of learn about that but also because no one ever talks about it so mm -hmm. it's always this is a religion people go to church and stuff and it was never like talked about yeah I went to a Catholic school I went to a Catholic primary school and a Catholic secondary school um and it was really taught there taught like lots and lots yeah I always remember when I was like fourth year when we were in our RD class and they had given us like a piece of paper and it told you all the different religions of the world and like what they were pro and what they were against and it gave us it and essentially the whole point was like that they're all against gay marriage and I got kicked out of the class because I'd said like we're a catholic school and we get taught like there's one true god and you can't worship false gods but like you've printed all these other religions out that you don't believe in to say this really horrible thing so yeah, it's good. I've never had much experience in primary. It was the the usual, you know, you sung your hymns. You always know, got the whole world in his hands and <laughs> the church. Uh, and it was just, it was never really a second thought to it because it was just what you'd done in primary school. It was only when I think we went into high school that, well, when I went into high school, we started actually really thinking about things. I'm not religious myself either, um, and that, I think that's only when you when you really start questioning beliefs and you know why when there's countless hundreds of gods believed in across the world that you now there's Christianity there's one true you know one true god uh, I know in RMPS they do talk about you know, how can he be all loving all powerful yeah. with, you know. this is what happens or like all the bad stuff yeah that's what I always thought when I was younger I was like yeah, why, there's are, a god why are children what, why born did... with cancer on their bones do yeah. you know what I mean if their god's meant to be all loving and it's a bit cruel yeah if he's that. meant to be all loving then why doesn't he love everyone yeah not just preach <laughs> so after you compartmentalised kind of the different uh, sections about Jesus, negative, positive, what what was the kind of next step after that? Uh, then I started to meet 
a lot of different people and they were really cool um so I'd sort of spent quite a lot of time around LGBT plus people of faith um which was amazing because there's something really cool about you know people who are part of a religion that discriminate against them a lot who've went actually no this is what I believe and I'm going to make like I'm going to interpret this how I want to interpret it and it's sort of because I think a lot of LGBT plus people don't like religion and a lot of religious people don't like LGBT plus people so actually for someone to go I'm going to be both and I'm going to rock that was really cool. So how did you find that people LGBT obviously the bible can be well, I mean, pretty black and white and how it stands with LGBT people. How did you feel that people interpreted this, interpreted those messages um, to make it still relevant to themselves? Um, do you mean now? Or? Um, yeah, with the people you spoke to. So that they, if there was LGBT people that were yeah. also religious, so if they're believing in mm-hmm. you know a book that's yeah. know, against them is... Did they have any ways that they interpreted it? So well, that... they would argue that it's not against them. Okay. Um, and I would also argue that too, now mm-hmm. that I've done a lot of kind of research into it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, transgender people, for example, just aren't really talked about in the Bible. Yep. Um, and then the parts about homosexuality can be interpreted to mean completely different things. Um so they they sort of had really helped me kind of find mm-hmm. where those interpreted meanings were, and also um a lot of the sort of homophobia that you could claim from it now is a lot to do with translation, so when it was translated into English and there was different versions of it, uh, certain words were interpreted to mean certain things that they w- didn't mean in in the original translation, even when it talks about. Um, Adam and Eve mm-hmm. it, it didn't say man and woman it said human and helpmate so I, I didn't know that uh, yeah so they kind of helped me look at that and there's people who had done like PhDs in theology and stuff and they really knew loads and loads about the bible and the original versions and all this sort of stuff so it was really interesting I suppose a lot you know people some people that I spoke to that are religious you know obviously there's lots of just by nature of how old the bible is there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in it that obviously is outdated now but the core values is what a lot of people say that they hold dear rather than taking everything literal you know from the bible it's you know the values of love thy neighbor and you'll be kind to people you know something that well it's a really cool church that donated the the bible Mm -hmm. originally 10 years ago that's it's a church called the metropolitan community church and the reverend of that jane clark uh she's married to a woman and she came out when she was really quite young, mm-hmm. or I think was kind of forced to come out when she was quite young. Um, and so she sort of was pushed out of her church a bit and then actually decided, no, wait, like, this is I my God, have, yeah, and sort is... of became part of the Metropolitan Church and was reverend, has been the reverend in Glasgow for a long time, and that's a really cool LGBT inclusive church. Absolutely, that's an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, did you ever meet with anyone who was? I mean, I don't suppose you would have deliberately met with these people. Anyone that was the complete opposite way? Oh yeah, loads, loads <laughs> of people. Because um, people ask you what you're doing, and then, I mean, 
so many. I tell you why it's wrong that you're doing. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> loads of people. But um, and I think that's because I kind of didn't. For a long time, I didn't know what the play was going to be about, because I kind of worried it was a bit too Jesusy, for want of a better word. And I said, I'm not religious, so I kind of don't know what the point of writing this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started to realise more so like kind of talking to friends and stuff how much they were like why are you doing this like what's the point of this all that sort of stuff um kind of thinking about lgbt plus people of faith and how they're sort of kind of left out a lot of the time like absolutely yeah and i think it's kind of the whole play is about not just necessarily them but just having any sort of differences like we're all different people but we're all part of an LGBT plus community and we've all got to kind of love each other and support each other and all that sort of stuff. So that, that kind of was what the, the play ended up being about. Uh, so how did, uh, obviously, you had lots of people with you in the play, so who was it that directed it uh, again? Uh, so it's a guy called David Wood. David Wood. Uh, how is it you've you met up with these people and these connections like the actors and, and so David? So David works with Outspoken. All right, excellent. He he's a great guy. He was the only cisgender member right. of the team, which <laughs> right. is really cool because yeah. that never happens. No, it's just, no, it does not. Um, so we had a cast of five, sorry, six trans and non-binary performers. Amazing. Um, and we just put an open call out for them. We put an open call out on the internet, and we got. 26 applications back. It's quite good, isn't it? Really? Yeah, so it was just a big day. We just invited everyone in. Uh, and, then, and it was really nice as well because we didn't want the day to just be about like come in and kind of do 10 minutes and then leave. Mm-hmm. Because we were like, oh, this is amazing. There's like loads of performers. Uh, we did like a big kind of workshop day so that kind of everyone felt like part of a community. Included. So that they could keep working together because it's really important to see lots more trans performers making trans work Absolutely. and putting that, stuff on you know, that in itself is a, a celebration and a success yeah. even disregarding the play itself you know having everyone together like that and creating those networks as well yeah. people that might not have ever met each other that's the celebration yeah. in itself really isn't it and it's really nice because i hate telling people like that they don't have a part for something mm-hmm. so it's really sweet like telling them like oh it just kind of didn't work this time and them being like but thanks for such a lovely day yeah. and i was yeah, like yeah. thank you for coming along <laughs> And I've got all these new contacts as well. Yeah. Uh, kind of reaching more into LGBT, I, think, well, I actually want to ask you to, um, is there anything at school that's taught about, certainly when I was in school, which wasn't that long ago, I mean, I'm tw- only 25, so just less than oh, 10 like- years ago. Thank <laughs> <laughs> <Right>, you. <yeah. laughs> uh, when it came to sexual education, PSE, as it was then, uh, we didn't get taught anything about anything that wasn't a man and a woman, just as that is. And that was that wasn't even, obviously wasn't even that long ago. So is there anything genuinely asking? Is there anything changed? If you do you get taught anything that isn't just um, a condom one? <laughs> I've like I've only done a little bit of it, but I'm pretty sure same sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, thing was um, not really brought up much. I think it was only like a couple minutes talking about it compared right. to the full lesson, which I thought was a bit strange. Uh, 
I'm only in second year, so I've not really done right, okay. anything. But like I remember in primary school, they like they did only kind of talk about man and woman together. But like we did um sort of Vikings. I don't. This sounds off topic, but it, it, it is. I'm loving where it's going. <laughs> there's like um, the god of like sexuality and things and. Like I never really understood that. I just found it funny because I had the word sex in it, so it was that was it was um, but it was like I was like oh, and then it was like yeah, this is that, and then they started talking about it. But then it was kind of like right, let's talk about man and woman now. Like that's not something we need to talk about now. Do you yeah, did you have any experiences in high school that it was that it was taught about at all? Oh, I mean, it was only well, Catholic ever, school wouldn't ever have been. yeah, in a very negative. Yeah. Hellfire sort of way, <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. I mean, we 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 barely got taught anything about a man and a woman either. So of course, <laughs> uh, Catholic school. Um, but the the news of, don't know if you used to know about this LGBT inclusive education. You know, is the country Scotland's the first country in the world to bring that, and that's that'll be happening in twenty twenty one. But as far as I'm aware, it'll be up to. Uh, religious schools, like Catholic schools, don't need mm. to participate in this, as far as I'm aware. Uh, no, that they they, do, they well. do need to. There's, oh, there's a loophole that they managed to get that that meant that Catholic schools actually do need to. Oh, do, to what extent they'll do it? It's, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I was. I mean, I was still at school when Section Twenty Eight was was going on. Mm-hmm. That's when teachers weren't allowed to promote homosexuality. So they like it was illegal for them to, in any way, be positive about same sex relationships. Is that in every school or just Catholic schools? It was every single school in the UK, every single school, um, and they took that away in two thousand and three. So, so I was still recent, at school. Do you know what I mean? It's very recent, yeah. even yeah. for something you think about. It's like oh, it sounds ridiculous, and it really wasn't that long ago that yeah. you know. I mean. Obviously, it's touted a lot that we are in a good country overall, I guess, law-wise and rights-wise, if you are LGBT, but we've still a long way to go. Yeah, It's why this inclusive education is so important, because what happened was in 2003 they stopped that, but teachers were kind of so used to that that they they weren't given any information on how to change that, or so it it sort of never got to a point. It's still just late. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a, a great thing. We've we've actually done a few videos on LGBT, the inclusive education coming. So for those listening that don't know, we have a an LGBT group that meets on a Tuesday night called Shout Out. Um, as part of that project, it was funded for a wee while. Um, we went out to other LGBT groups and asked them what they thought of it and why they thought it was really important. Um, and all the groups, you know, they know that it's really important that this education when it rolls out in 2021 is right and it's current and it makes sense and you know all the young people spoke to really determined that you know they need to have a say in what's taught and what happens uh, with it is this any have you been taught uh, told anything about this at all oh not really no they don't ever like that's what i'm saying like they don't really ever bring bring anything talk about it like if it comes up they'll talk about it but they don't like go so also this is just 
especially being in second year, I'd imagine it's not not something that's kind of brought up yeah. at all at the moment anyway. Do you have like an LGBT group in school or anything? Yeah, there is one. I think it's like Monday at lunch or something, like fifth or sixth years run it. So it's not like teachers or anything mm-hmm. that run it, but they allow them to do it. But that's, that's good. But there's no like teachers that ever sort of talk about it or say, if you want to do this, you know. But like in... Oh, sorry. Um, my modern studies teacher talk like brings it up quite a bit. And um, she's all for it, which is good. And although it's not mentioned a lot, like Erica said, when it's sprung up, she'll speak about it. And it's quite interesting. Do you have any sort of LGBT teachers? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Don't name and shame. No, no, (laughs) I only know one, but they left their school. Right, okay. To move to another one, but that, that's the only one I know about. I don't know if there's any others. There's quite a few. There, uh, yeah, there was two, that, but they moved. I don't know about anyone else. Do you think it's, like, important? Do you think it's cool to know if teachers are yeah. LGBT? Yeah. I think, like, it helps. Not, like, necessarily you have to come in and be like, this is my sexuality. Yeah. Just be, like, open about it. Be like, if you know what you're wondering, because, like, the first time anyone really found about, out about it was in, like, S1 with my, like year group was when someone said something about husband and she went are you assuming it's we're married and also are you assuming that it's male and like they didn't come out and say oh I have a girlfriend it was just they connected them when they were wrong so it wasn't like you have to go and be like yo yes sweet things I mean we're we're lucky with the group obviously you both included the group of young people that we work with you know it's never really a massive topic for discussion whether someone is or isn't this or that because in its nicest way, our young people don't care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They just, people are who they are and yeah. that that's something we've always kind of strived. Um, I'm gay myself, uh, that strive to kind of create here is just this inclusive environment yeah. that you, know, you don't even need to worry about is they, are they this or do they think yeah. I'm this and that because the, pe- the kids here just do, don't, don't care. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care about it. Yeah, that's the know. thing in school. Like everyone's like, "Oh my god, are, are you gay? Are, are you this?" Yeah. It's like it doesn't matter. Like, no. and you'll see, you see the certain yeah. group change of, anything. Yeah, totally. And you'll see the certain group of people that do find it a big upheaval yeah. are not a group of people you particularly are interested in probably hanging about with. Car. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the local young team. <laughs> um. We've actually had we've had uh, a few people down, and that this goes broader. The, you know the whole thing of uh, you know not judging a book by its cover right away. It goes even beyond LGBT. We've had young people down to a group before who came down to the LGBT group, and I was like, "Are they here just to ban me up?" Just by the way, they were, I'm not going to go into much detail. Um, we had a young person say, "You know, I don't know." If I'm LGBT, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know yet. I'm only you know, whatever age they are, 14, 15, 13, whatever. Uh, I don't know yet, but I've got friends who are. And said really something quite poignant was I, I see people making fun of them and I don't think it's right, even if I'm not. Yeah. So things like that, even for coming from young people, it's it's a, a big step forward yeah. in this mentality. It's, it's changing. You know I mean, more and more young people that are growing up are just like, in what? So what? Yeah. So yeah. what? It's really amazing. Yeah, so you're saying about that, like, if someone makes fun of, like, not even my friend, just even someone I don't like, but I, even if they're, like, part of the LGBTQ community or anything that I don't believe in, if they're saying something about it, 
and I stand up for them. It doesn't mean that I, like, I am part of that. It just means I want to support them and I don't yeah. think it's wrong, but I'm not part of it. It just... Yeah. Yeah, people think that you are when you say that. Yeah, yeah and that's that's something that we we trying hard we're trying hard here to get get that dispelled. Um, yeah. And that that's even part of the reason where maybe tonight's got not got as much turnout. Sometimes as soon as we and it happens subconsciously. I don't think young people know they do it, but if you put LGBT in something, someone's like, if I go to this, maybe yeah. so, then my mate's gonna think I'm gay or whatever it is. It's really interesting. Uh, it which is. is just, it's it's totally not the case at all. And we, uh, we've we been quite grateful to have some young people down who have been like, listen, you know, I'm, I'm not gay, and but yeah. I want to find out about this or I want to support people who are yeah. because they're having a tough time with something that you know I'm not going to have to go through. Yeah. Um, so it is changing. It's so important. I think you need... Need really good allies Absolutely. everywhere, um, and they're ju- just as important. Um, Definitely. I had a rehearsed reading earlier in the year of a play that really helped me kind of in my work. And the person who'd organised that um, organised it's called the Pride Plays, and it, she is is a straight woman. Um, putting putting the pride plays on, and it's amazing, like that she's done all this stuff, and she sort of brought these plays together, and they were so good, and people sort of questioned why she was doing it, and she was like, because, I, like we need to put these plays on, we need to hear these plays, and this is amazing, um, and like she's doing some of the most amazing stuff. And, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's so important that everybody works together to. Yeah, and you see that even in Pride Festival as well. You yeah. know, a lot of people, um. We've had some young people come to us saying, you know, our parents don't want us to go to Pride or regardless of what you think of Pride and you know, Glasgow Pride's obviously went through a bit of craziness in the last yeah. kind of wee while. Um, but a lot of young people saying our parents don't want us to go to it because they think it's really adult and stuff yeah. like that. But every, I've only been to a few. I didn't go to last year's. Uh, but the Pride that I have been, you know, it's a family event it and is. there's people, husband and wife with their kids mm-hmm. and the dog dressed up, yeah. you know, <laughs> running about in rainbows or whatever and really taking part in a, a celebration for just yeah. letting love be love and letting and people kids just be love it. pride it's all yeah. glitter and rainbows yeah, and what's music not to like and... unicorns <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what's not to like in it you know what I mean um, so let's I'm going to shift off and go something completely random and I'm going to put this question out to all of us so there's a great I mentioned this in the last podcast a great interview called Inside the Actors Studio where James Lipton asks completely random question to celebrities and gets them to answer it. So I'm gonna put you all on the spot now and ask you these questions. Uh I'm gonna start with yourself, Nelly. So it's something you've probably never thought of, but what sound or noise do you love? Uh, I love the sound of the toaster. <laughs> like when it's finished or wow, when it pops up or like when toast pops up that is not an answer I expected to hear I mean I think also I just really like food so I'm like it's yeah. first thing in the morning and I'm like breakfast is ready so happy what about yourself Erica? like the sound like the kettle going or like like <laughs> no no not the whistling when it like clicks when it, you know, I know it's ready I'm like yes you're like coffee is ready it's no, coffee no tea. tea how do you take your tea? uh like depends what it is. If it's gingerbread tea, I can take different things with it. Or if it's just normal English gingerbread tea. tea? I've never oh, heard so of that. Just, I drink it every day in the winter. Just I need, I need off, some of I that. It's, like it's a total normal tea that people drink every day. Yeah, well, it's oh, a gingerbread tea. tea. Like I drink nearly every day, but 
Yeah, also like Where'd you get this gingerbread tea? Uh, you get it as Twinlings. So it's just like mm. the, there's cherry bakewell and stuff. I just do they not do a salt? They do a salted caramel. I've got do, that. I've good. got that in my cupboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been having one of them. Gets you festive. Uh, see if you're having black tea. Milk in first or after? What just like normal put, tea? Yeah, normal yeah, tea. I, I, after. That's bogging. Good. Are we all no offense. That? No offense. Not being rude, but I don't have tea. But I imagine that's what I'd do. <laughs> what about you, uh, Lewis? What um, noise do you love? I'm gonna go very bog standard, but uh, probably crunching of leaves or. That's a good one, by the or way. Or uh, foot stepping in snow. snow and That's also a good noise. I'm very well. poetic there, Lewis. Yeah, the crunching of leaves. What's your favourite noise? Don't say guitar. No, no, because <laughs> that, that, that can be a horrible noise as well. Uh, it would be really bad to go with stereotypical ones like the opening of a can. Or oh, a, I didn't the, think of that. Or the hit of a pool ball. I was thinking That's that. a great noise as that well. That is. Uh, going backwards, uh, Lewis, what what noise or sound do you hate? Um, anything like particularly loud. Just not into loud noises. Nah. What about yourself, Erica? I was fighting with a certain family member about this the other day. Like the sound of <laughs> clapping, like really loud clapping. They've banned it in a uni because it triggers people's anxiety. So they're doing jazz hands instead, which I thought was really good. I was like, well. Sorry, this family member was like really like they were like, girl, like oh why can't we just clap? It's it's only like clapping. I was like yeah, but it'd be different if you thought about someone with like autism. If that triggered yeah. them, well it's the same with anyone with like anxiety. It can trigger them. I don't like the sound of like loud I mean, clapping. A, a room of jazz hands sounds amazing. I'd much yeah, prefer the sound But at what point is is a uni clapping so much that it becomes an issue? Like graduation. Like, oh well, I suppose so. But, or, even if like class, <laughs> that's yeah. that's like class, even in like classy like RMPS mostly, or English or French. They're the three main subjects where it's just screaming. Yeah. Like, that class, that sound in that class is just hell. It's just people screaming their heads off and throwing sort things. Sort of like a Monday night here with all of you? <laughs> More like a Friday night. Tuesday, <laughs> like 4 a Friday to 5. Night, yeah. yeah, what about yourself? Um, I really don't like when people breathe really loudly. <laughs> Through their uh, mouth. Yeah, I'll <laughs> like, sit back from the mic. I know I'm just like breathing. No, it's just there. like, and it's so bad because I know that like if someone's got a cold or something, they can't help it. But, but like something in my you. head is like, oh, oh I hate that so much. They have asthma. My dad. I've got like, asthma. And I'm still like, I still hate it. My really. dad has it. He's like dead wheezy because he's yeah. a really heavy smoker. He's like, and like yeah. it's horrible. Like, you can see like Darth that, Vader. Like he falls asleep. He's like. <laughs> It's horrible. It's even, just weird. Like, you know this is good on the internet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. My dad doesn't know how to use the internet. Face tube okay, and all that jazz. I know. Wow, I'm a bit too young to be getting called that. No, uh, all right, all right, all right. right. Uh, for me, noise-wise, it's two. Sorry, mum. Actually, for the second one, but. A knife and fork on a plate that hasn't mm. got food on it drives me... Yeah, you can actually picture it, can mm-hmm. Drives me up the wall. And my mum eating or drinking anything, but only specifically <laughs> my mum, has a really... I think she does it deliberately where I'll phone my mum, for mum twice a day, probably more than most people actually get in contact <laughs> with their mum, uh, deliberately pours a cup of tea just as I phone and slurps <laughs> it right up to the phone. On the, it drives me bandy. So do you just phone twice a day just to get yourself wound up? No, I always think maybe the next time I phone there won't be any tea in this scenario and there always is tea or coffee or just some drink. I think just makes the noises just to annoy me. See, like, 
crack my like fingers or any bones, my friend don't even. I'm not gonna. I'll joke. cry. <laughs> I do. My friend does it all the time. I'm like, oh, don't even crack your knuckles. No, I really my mum hates that, but yeah. I crack, I crack I my knuckles like, all the time. It's not even like you, do, you do you, like you do whatever you want with your bones, but Just like. Just don't do it with me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it like, see. My friend does this too because she's not very nice to me. She like takes paper and then rubs it, like the edges. I don't know if yeah. you've ever heard it before, but like it rubs it. Ah, the yeah, <laughs> that it's horrible. <laughs> like it gives me the heebies. Oh well, yeah. All those noises are horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Nice noises are nice though. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of Desert Island Discs? I think we were playing the other day. It was the one we done it. Yes, last night. So in Desert Island Discs. People ask for, we're not going to do as much, we'll be here forever. Um, you're stranded on a desert island and you're Good allowed start. eight albums, one book and one luxury item. Now, we're not going to do eight albums because we're going to be here all day, I but we're going to do one. one. And you can only name one <laughs> anyway. So we're going to do one. If you're uh, So you get, in Desert Island, this, you get the Bible, funnily enough, yeah. bringing it back, uh, and the entire work of Shakespeare. You get that as a given. Um, so if you could bring one album, one book, and one luxury item to Desert Island, Erica, you can start us off. What would you What would you bring? Not to be disrespectful, but see if we get the book, can we use it as firewood in the Bible? Can we use it? Shakespeare as probably be better with that. I'd have thought there's more of that to burn. There's a lot of Shakespeare. <laughs> there's a lot of Shakespeare. So Erica, what album, uh, book, and luxury item? I know because like. There's a lot of great albums, but see, after a while, just listening and listening and listening, it just get repeatable, I guess. But I meant repetitive there. I forgot English. Sorry. sorry <laughs> uh, I read between the lines. Um, I'm trying to think, like, um, like not like lo-fi music, just like a beat, just soft beat, so you could just listen to that instead of like words and like just. So like a greatest of lo-fi. Yeah, just like. A mixtape. Yeah, so like the like Bonnie Vare album. That's a good album. It's so it's just like something chill so you can just like chill to it. Like but also you kinda want something to like be like, I'm angry, I'm stuck on this desert island, so it's a bit like kinda something to make you more angry. What about a book? Um So it was a dangerous question with young people and they say that they've not read a book before. Uh, <laughs> I don't read them. Maybe can like comics and manga. Why not? So, like one either like comics or manga or sometimes in February. What's that? Um, it's a book about a girl who dies, and well, <laughs> cheery, I know. It starts off and she gets hit by a car and she dies, but she doesn't realise, but that she sees her dead body. Mm. So she goes around and sees how everyone's grieving, and she has a twin brother, and um, they like end up swapping bodies, and he goes into that realm, and then she goes around for like a funeral, I think. Some and then they swap back. It's not an audio book. What about <laughs> one one luxury item? Um, to be a person. No. Ah, oh, cool. <laughs> Who uh, were you going to say though? That might have been sweet. I don't know. I, I, like, I, don't, yeah, know. No, I don't know. I thought you'd have, you'd have said your skateboard. But you're on a desert island, you can't You're skate. thinking about it really practically, yeah, the sand, yeah. that's, that's not going to work. I know, because it? Yeah. it gets in like the, um, like the, like inside the wheels and like it makes it, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like, could we bring like a toolkit or something? Yeah. If so, you, what are you going to do it? You're thinking really practically here, aren't you? I know. Rather I than something you can't live without, you're just thinking, how can I get off this island? Like a raft. Can that be one? Sure. Just thank you for that, Lewis. That's now me. What about yourself, Lewis? What about um, an album? Can I ask a question first? Go on. What's a manga? Is that like 
It's, so it's basically like anime, but in a book, and you read it backwards. Or oh, that weird book that you had walking to lunch. The, the, like the that was one. not manga, that was... Just don't even <laughs> start me at all, hit you. <laughs> but no, it's not that, and it's not what you said it was. It's not what it is. It's manga, but you read it backwards, so like from the back, you go like that. That's kind of confusing, because you go back and you're like, I've read that. Oh, okay. Yeah, a manga's read, a Japanese read from back to front. What about an album list? Go on. Um, Tom McGuire and the Brassos in this one. I'm pretty sure it's just called Tom McGuire and the Brassos. Nice one. What about a book? The Hobbit. Cool. And a luxury item? Hmm. A flotation device? I don't think you're getting this as much. <laughs> like, what? what's one thing that right now, if I took it off you, you couldn't live without? My phone now, I'm on the joking. No, because you wouldn't it have could signal. Be your phone. You can have signal there. You're thinking too literally again, Erica. It's not a phone. <laughs> a guitar. Nah, that's what I thought you were going to say. That'd be mine as well. Could I bring a drum kit? Yeah. I, said, I said that. Can we be together and we can just make this desert band island that desert no one will ever hear? Yeah. We will hear it. We'll put it and we'll make like make it put a mixtape. on the raft. No, mix, we're, we're using the raft ourselves. So we'll put it in a mixtape, find a pigeon, put it to the pigeon, let it fly away. One more to pigeon, ca- uh, pigeon carrier, yeah. yeah. Nelly, what about yourself? Um, an album, a book, and a luxury item. I think I'd go for the Harry Potter soundtrack. Nice. Because there's something about like kicking about a desert island, exploring to the Harry Potter soundtrack that yeah. I really like. <laughs> that, that's quite good. Um, book. Uh, a really cool book called Woman on the Edge of Time. All right, okay. It's all like... Like set in the past, but also set in the future, and it's really cool. And it's all like about an ideal society in the future, oh, or nice. like a really bad, like glued to technology future, and uh, and it's really cool. So nice one. I just take that book, and I'd probably take a rubber ring. <laughs> that's a good, that's yeah. a good answer. Yeah, and, and or or a bed. Maybe maybe I'd take my bed. Sound yeah. comfy. That you run like a kitchen. It's not really an item, my kitchen, is it? I know, it's that's quite, more that's a, quite a lot of items. Well, you go to Ikea and like buy a kitchen. There's many items in one. Just like pick yeah. out the display and then <laughs> just... <laughs> put this in my car. Uh, just bringing it, bringing, it, bringing it back a little bit, um, just before we wrap up. So, obviously, did you? what is it you said this? So, it's not a full toured production yet, but what yeah. was the show in the Tron foreign title 2009? You gave it a name. So it was a rehearsed reading. A rehearsed reading. So have you had any feedback from people yeah. about it? And what what what's the sort of feedback been from it? Really great. It was amazing. Um I was really, really happy with it. So, so loads of people came because they'd sort of it was in the main on the main stage in the middle of the afternoon for mm-hmm. a rehearsed reading. So we didn't yep. think there was going to be huge amounts of people. So the sort of balcony area had been Shut cut off. off yep. but they had to open that because there's loads of people there um but really really cool because it wasn't like a lot of people do go to theater quite often but Mm -hmm. so many people there who just like wanted to come because it was six trans non-binary people on stage they thought that was really cool they never really heard about that um so yeah no it was like did you have people, people were waiting really, about really then to it. talk to you about it? Yeah, loads of, loads of people and they were giving really good feedback or people messaging me stuff about it. Um, yeah, people people really loved it. And 
I think a lot of people were apprehensive because it was about the Bible and all that sort of stuff. So it seemed like everybody was kept quite happy with it. Which is weird because a lot of the work that I do, I'm kind of like, it doesn't matter if people are happy. I don't really mind. It's for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas this one, I actually kind of did want everyone to leave feeling quite quite happy. Because um, I suppose it was kind of... Um, it already... I don't want to come across weird. It already sort of didn't belong to you because it was based off of you know something yeah. a, a, an exhibition that already was a you know it was it is there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I guess I guess you wanted to really please. Yeah. Well, know. in a way, it felt like a celebration because uh, when it was done ten years ago, so just like having the Bible in the gallery of modern art mm-hmm. and people going in to write on it, it like there was loads of backlash of it, mm-hmm. um, and the Daily Mail kind of put this newspaper story out and even the Pope chimed in and he was like, this would never happen to the Quran. This is terrible. Like, how dare Glasgow do this? That's my next exhibition, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so it was, like, it was like put behind um, this glass case and there's loads of protesters outside and people were re- writing really horrible things in the comments book for it and stuff. So, like, a lot of the play now, 10 years on, is about this celebration that we can have, like, we can have six trans and non-binary actors on the stage and they can be doing this and there's nobody protesting outside. That's and as well, because it was part of the 10-year anniversary of a play called The Gospel According to Jesus, Queen of Heaven. Yes. And that was like the first play that I've ever heard of that went on that was... So a trans woman wrote it and she performed it and she imagined that Jesus came back as a trans woman. And the whole play is about how this makes sense because Jesus always like was always around like people who were like shunned by society and everybody else didn't like and Jesus always was like really loving and caring of like all those people and that's who he spent his time with so he would come back as a trans woman because that's the best thing he could do and then it's like a really lovely play mm-hmm. and it's like you f- leave feeling so warm but there's loads of protests outside 10 years ago when that happened and, and Joe who wrote the play had to like go in through the back door and stuff and that was all really kind of horrible for her so I kind of wanted this to be about a celebration of how far we've come, but also an acknowledgement that like we can do better for everyone in our community, so that we can do like bigger, better things. Absolutely. Have you noticed a shift in attitudes then, just in the last ten years, um, or even from when you were in high school or whatever? Have you noticed kind of a shift in attitudes towards LGBT plus people? Have you noticed a change? Oh yeah, I like um, my my partner. She's a teacher, and mm-hmm. she kind of tells me about how amazing like all the kids are and how they like know loads of stuff like young people are really like switched on and like you have the internet now and you have like access to lots of stuff that people before you didn't really have um but I think it's there is a kind of generation gap where like people who are older sometimes haven't always quite caught up to that way of thinking but it's really exciting because I think 10 years from now we'll look like we're Yep. Way behind in the times. I know. Then you can call me a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Although you'll be older than you'll be my age at that point then, won't you? Uh, well, thank you very, very much for coming and talking to us very last minute. Really appreciated you coming thanks down. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, Lewis. Thanks, Erica. Again, if you're on YouTube, please do like the video, comment, let us know what other sort of stuff you want to hear in the future. If you're on Spotify or anything else, please follow us. That was a wee visual cue. If you're on Spotify, you wouldn't have got that. Um, and thanks for thanks for watching. Thanks and for listening. And enter our free V Box giveaway. <laughs>
that is not endorsed or represented by the company. <laughs> right, thanks very much. See you later. Bye. <laughs>